Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to VUX World, the voice user experience and strategy podcast. Today's episode is all about conversational commerce. I was going to call it voice commerce or v-commerce. I like the term v-commerce. But actually, after listening to the episode back and, and speaking with our guest today, I think that conversational commerce is more appropriate because today's episode isn't just looking at voice commerce. It's looking at the whole conversational landscape. And our guest today is talking very uh, passionately and very intently about the need for brands to be uh, having a presence across all conversational channels, not just voice, uh, which I think is absolutely true. And we're getting really into detail about how you can use conversational experiences to convert people into paying customers. So how can you transact in conversational environments? We touch on all kinds of things to consider from resourcing to creation to the landscape in general. Really, this episode is going to help any brand or any individual who wants to start turning conversations into commerce. Our guest today is Charles Cadbury. He is the co-founder of Say It Now and Say It Now are helping brands respond to the customer need for immediacy and helping brands get on a presence on all of these conversation channels and helping them to convert people into paying customers. Ladies and gentlemen, this is VUX World. Welcome to the podcast, Charlie. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on here, finally. We've been talking about this for quite some time, yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to finally do it. It's very nice to have made it. I, I thought I'd lost my voice in uh, Spain this weekend, but it's back <laughs> enough. If I go a little bit husky, just enjoy it. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be fine. It'll add to the uh, already excellent sound that you've got in that soundproof room over there. I think it'll just Sorry. make it a little bit more characterful, I think. Magic. <laughs> so tell everybody uh, who you are and, and what you do at the moment. And, and we're going to talk about voice commerce today. So maybe it's a bit of a, you know, a brief background into yourself and how you've kind of come to the whole kind of voice commerce space. Yeah, sure. So um, I've had a, a career completely in technology. So I started on my first website in 1999, worked through technology. I set up a software business in around 2006 with one co-founder, and then over the years grew that to, to a 45-man team. And during that time, we, we pivoted the business about about four times because you had to find out where your market was. We started very much as a, as a web business, um, working as a, as a partner to top tier advertising and marketing agencies. And then we became a social business when, when Facebook started to allow us to build our Facebook applications. We built all those for Samsung for a number of years. And then when mobile actually got to um, the fore, we started building mobile applications again through these ad agencies. But then um, we started to go direct to client, working with banks, and we built the, the mobile app for Greg's the Bakers. And that's where really started to get an understanding about um, the, the changing nature of the transaction. I suppose at the time, the killer, the killer app was the Starbucks app, because in 2012, they said that that was um, accounting for 11% of their entire revenue in the States was all coming through the app, and people could see that. This was a new way to pay for things. And the way that we started to look at that was that 
ever since the dawn of time. The way that us humans have uh, bought and sold things has been continually evolving. We used to trade a cow for a goat and then invented shekels and leather money, paper money, coins, credit cards, uh, and then mobile commerce. And so the, the way that we wanted to look at that was not as a new competency that you should learn, but as a transient competency that you should continue to evolve. And so that's always been uh, at the back of at the back of my mind that you know the, the, the important thing about any kind of new interface is how that's going to affect the transaction. Now um, during that time I then the building put it out, we, we delivered about 350 digital products. So that's through web, mobile, and social. So when I went off and um, went, went to the world with this with this skill, I started working with a company called Lola Tech, who were looking at how they could use new interfaces to build products of their own, and helped that company in, in 2015 do some horizon scanning to see how people were going to be buying digital, well, buying, uh, interfacing with digital products and services and then buying goods in a five to ten year horizon. Uh, the uh, Alexa has recently come out. We built our first skill um, before Alexa arrived in the UK actually in summer 2016 for uh, a low-cost airline to test out if you could book a plane ticket using voice. That was quite good, and um, so then we, we then produced uh, a, a separate business called Dazzle, which is owned by Lowly Tech. And the first concept for that was as an in-room concierge. We managed to win a competition with uh, Marriott Hotels. So by Christmas 16, um, we'd fully deployed that into 10 rooms in Marriott County Hall, and that was very much um, allowing people within the rooms to request things they would normally request of the concierge. Um, and that's, um, that works, works very well. It tested well. What we realized there was that voice alone was not the answer. And so we then built a companion chatbot so that when you were requesting new towels, you then ping on your, um, uh, on your messenger, your companion messenger bot, that the that, that request had been acknowledged and you um, was get your towels in, in 10 minutes time that then sold very well through um other hotel groups and we then pivoted we won a, another competition um with london midland which is now an ex-rail company here in the uk and they um and they they were saying that this is the the way to approach a whole load of challenges from um digital ticketing and user interface and kind of customer experience challenges um in the uk rail sector so Dazzle then evolved very much as a uh, as a platform to allow uh, travel operators to maintain a consistent and immediate conversation with all of their customers, no matter what channel they interface through. So, um, just to take a step back, if you, you know if you are a rail customer and you wanted to know uh, when the next train is from Glasgow to London. You'd want to say, um, you'd want to be able to ask that through an Alexa um, or through a chatbot or through a website or through Messenger. And if you're going to build the capability to respond to that automatically, the uh, best practice is to build one, uh, one platform that delivers um, that response and um, have a consistent message because then over time you can build up you know a bit of trust and personalization through that and then uh, sell ancillary services whether it's uh, commerce piece 
and drops in. And so, you know, that that was then a project delivered to Lola Tech and um, now, uh, say it now, goes and speaks to predominantly e-commerce businesses and, uh, and explains to them the, the merits of immediacy and how that can help them increase their customer experience and then uh, obviously increase their the sales. And so um, that's a positive history of Charlie's service. Nice. So I think you touched on a few things there then that I think were quite interesting. Um, one was you're talking about booking a plane ticket and then it kind of went in, you kind of went out experience in rail. So it's all kind of very much kind of in hotels. So it's all very much travel kind of based. I'm wondering if this principle might apply to some companies that aren't travel as well. But when you think about booking a train ticket or a plane ticket via voice, where would you start what would be the first kind of thing to consider? I mean, because there's, there's plenty of companies who are, who are starting to approach this thing now. I mean, maybe we'll back up in a little bit and maybe talk about the high level stuff in terms of why it's important. I think most of the people who are listening to this are probably already convinced about the fact that it's important. So where, where would somebody start? Where would a brand start if you're thinking about moving transactions into this conversational space? Yeah, so um, we're, because we've been thinking about this for, for quite a while, um, it's important not to oversell the solution. So the where we are with voice specifically is still very, very young. And if you are going to try and replace a face-to-face travel agent, you are going to fail. So you need to work out exactly where you can deliver the most value within that customer journey. And that's often going to start at the discovery phase. So the the ways to impress new customers are to try and, um, and deliver them an excellent customer service wherever they enter the top of your sales funnel. So for, for us, it's not necessarily just looking and concentrating as voice as the innovation. The innovation that we've got is natural language processing. And then natural language processing is able to, to power voice as a channel. But if you're going to take this, um, this view that you should be building an assistant for your brand, that's able to take in text queries and then deliver compelling response then then you shouldn't necessarily just just keep that to voice so you should you should think about where you can point that elsewhere and so you, the channels that um you, you can power immediately are things like facebook messenger um uh, you know google assistant alexa web chat sms or even um for mobile and twitter so that no matter where someone asks a question as that first point of entry to your brand, you're able to respond to them immediately. And all of those different um, channels have the ability to deliver you some element of insight into that customer, which is to can then power the CRM. So that when you, you when you see them again, if they you know if they send a tweet to 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 your travel brand and say, I'm thinking about going on holiday, I wonder if uh, whoever has any um, any options for me, if they then go home and later speak to their uh, Alexa or Google Home and say, look, um, I'm thinking about uh, going traveling with this brand who they've, they've seen, um, so they've got some affinity with, you're then able to kind of tie those two up and at each point able to gather a little bit, bit more CRM data so that if later 
you're then able to use that conversational channel, which then the, the at the moment these, these smart speakers that that they're predominantly going to be used at home. If you could push people onto a um, uh, a, a chatbot that's kind of Facebook Messenger style engagement, which they can use on the fly when they're on their commute, and then you can ask them there whether they want you know special offers. Then you've, you've opened up a few channels of communication, and over time you can understand which one of those um, that you can communicate via that will get you a better conversion rate than you do today. So it's to back up in response to your specific question, you know, where, 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 where should people start? I think start slowly, but wow, well, um, uh, but wow well with your first touch customer experience and deliver that immediately. Because if, if you don't get an immediate response, if you're trying to talk to a brand, um, uh, uh, then, then, then people are going to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So what you're kind of saying is that don't start straight at the conversion start further up the sales funnel at the first point of entry and also don't necessarily navigate or or be diverted straight to a specific platform try and see if you can cover all of the main kind of entry points would that kind of does that sound about right yeah and there's you know there's, and there's there's a lot of research is coming through which is backing this up around the the importance of immediacy and um, there's a report that um salesforce um it's uh, just a couple of months ago. We said that 64% of consumers and 80% of business buyers said they expect companies to respond and interact with them in real time. Um, now, that's that's not saying that they expect them to, to have uh, excellent voice presence, or um, this is this is to respond in real time. So even if it's just to get something back which says, "I've heard you. I'm not sophisticated enough to take you through the entire journey," but we are, we could like, but but this is the way that you should continue that um, that conversation with me as a brand, and then at least you're on that road. And I think that what brands should, should be very very cognizant of is the fact that you know right now you're going to deliver some kind of a immediacy through your through your business, and it will be in its infancy. It's like uh, like producing a, a child that you train, but you need to start on that journey. That in the fullness of time, you will be able to automate your um, your brand persona, so that you get this kind of Don Draper style brand ambassador, which is able to to uh, to, to bring everyone home. <laughs> nice. So you mentioned earlier, uh, you mentioned just then uh, CRM. So you yeah. talked about having, you know, a, a kind of central point where the technology sits, and then you essentially offer that service or that conversation into whichever channel it needs to be on whether that's you know on mobile or, uh, or uh, alexa or google home or wherever it is and then you mentioned crm so is that where it all starts or is or is that is that what's pushing stuff out or is that where everything ends up in terms of managing the customer data so that's that's where you get the understanding about how you're going to increase your conversion rate so any, any company which um, is starting to profile their customers on an individual basis rather than on a kind of cohort or a, or a kind of more generalized persona basis is going in the right direction. So um, the the goal that um, we're all, uh, any, well, any kind of marketeer is, is, is aspiring to is that you want to be having conversations, your one-to-one conversations. So none of your uh, in and outbound conversations are the same as each other. They're all tailored to the person you're talking to based on who they are and the information you've gathered along the way. 
the reason that's important is that in order to in, increase the propensity of people to buy things, um, you need to have a, a trusted conversation, which means that, and this kind of comes back to the earlier point of um, you don't want to try and promise too sophisticated an assistant or engagement if you can't deliver it. So keep it as, as, as simple so that anyone can get the um, uh, to, to get the information that they want at that stage, um, and if they if you if you're able to deliver that, then they'll start to trust you. And if they trust you, then they'll they'll come back more often. More often, they come back at every engagement. You can understand a little bit more about them um, and the way they are. And the more you understand about um, people, the more you're able to narrow down the way by which you're engaging with them um, so that it is a kind of trusted one-to-one con -one conversation and you know like like you and I are talking will be um, very different to the way that you will talk with someone else but you and I have had a lifetime experience about how to um, uh, how to frame our conversation with each other and we are both um, uh, going to be more advanced than the uh, assistance we can build today mm -hmm. yeah um so talking about going back and up just a little bit then to um, we started out with the plane ticket thing and, and asking where to start. And then you kind of went on to Dazzle and the the um, hotel and kind of rail experience. Um, obviously, there's been stuff kind of that Amazon have done since then, which is all around kind of um, helping hotels to have their presence on Alexa, so to speak, with the hospitality um, feature that they've released. Is there any, is there any kind of co correlation with, with those two things? Are they trying to do the same job or, or not? Yeah, I, um, I haven't quite got to the bottom of this, so I would appreciate some steering of what I'm just about to say isn't true. Um, but the, the way I've understood it is that very early, just before the launch of, um, or just after we, we came up with the concept of Dazzle in the, in the UK on, I think, the 30th of September 2016. It was a sunny afternoon uh, in the Dove and Broadway market. Um, and I think two days before that was the official launch of the of Alexa in the UK. And what we then did is over the next um, uh, 18 months, we were, we were very heavily focused on um, hospitality and you know, we worked with Marriott, put a proposition together and it was a uh, four, four pieces of the puzzle. There were the Alexa devices in the room and the skill that went with that. There was the companion uh, messenger app, uh, which is our first step towards this omni-channel thinking of the system, there was a screen that went next to the concierge, or as uh, Merrick called it, at your service, um, uh, and the, the system that tied them all together. And we, on our own time and money, uh, in good faith, um, were a part of, we as, as part of the Amazon developer community, tested out that business model. Um, we ended up um, pivoting towards uh, travel operators, basically because of the the unitary economics of the, the, those two different business models. But, you know, there's, the, there's a world where we would have carried on with the hotels. And the message that I believe Amazon is giving out by putting the hospitality proposition out to market is that they're very happy for the development community to try out uh, different business models on top of their technology stack using their own time and money. But the ones that have been validated and see them most lucrative, they will go after themselves. And 
if 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 my um, assumption there is wrong, then please can someone correct me. But if I'm correct, then that sends out quite a worrying um, message to the developer community that you know if you prove to have come up with an idea or you know evaluated the marketplace and then have built a service offering on top of that technology stack there is a world that one day that will be usurped and swallowed up by the Amazon machine. You know, it's, and it's hard to see that that's not a compelling way to think in the, the same week that um, Bezos is, is named the most wealthy man ever, ever. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a, a point of view that I think is shared in many areas. We've touched on it with... Um, with the guys at um, Mycroft, when we had those on the podcast, we had uh, Joshua Montgomery and uh, Derek Schweppe and Steve Penrod, the whole Mycroft team. And their kind of point was that if you are, and this is kind of relevant to, to the conversation in terms of commerce, if you're a business at one point in time, you're probably going to end up competing with Amazon <laughs> because yeah. Amazon are kind of, everywhere and, and and expanding quite rapidly um so it's interesting that that what mycroft are offering is an alternative to what that problem might be in that if there is decent functionality being explored and decent use cases being uncovered then there's absolutely nothing stopping amazon from from doing stuff uh, like that and bringing things into the actual core platform itself so it's an interesting it's an interesting concept, isn't it? I just wanted to, to, to mention it because I know you'd put a lot of effort into the hotel side of things. So if anyone at Amazon is and can comment on it, then it would be really good for them to, to reach out about that because I think that... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be happy, happy to be set right if that's not the case. Um, but that's how it feels and looks from the communications and, and as far deep as I could read. Mm. So on that then, maybe maybe that is the case, maybe it's not the case. Who, who knows? But if you're a brand and you are... Um, a brand that has stuff to sell, as in, well, maybe this is one of the questions actually. Is the um, where does the conversational commerce start and end? Are we talking just physical products? Are we talking digital products such as I don't know, software and music? And and so there's a twofold question. The first one is where does the conversational commerce stuff start? As in, what what can you purchase via a conversation at the moment? And then We'll move on after that maybe to what kind of brands and what kind of industries perhaps can can be thinking about moving into a conversational commerce space. But first of all, what is the lay of the land, so to speak, and the, the types of industries where transactions are possible and the types of things that you can buy? Yeah, fair enough. So, um, so this, is, this is anyone who sells either physical, um, physical or uh, digital goods using um, digital channels. And because um, you are, you know, the, and, and, and e-commerce is where we're, we're, we're really concentrating, because you know there's more stat. Um, it's you know, 57% of customers have stopped buying from a company because a competitor provided a better experience. So the first off is how do you deliver immediacy, which is a quick win for, um, uh, for customer experience, because people are, are tend to have a shorter and shorter attention span, and if you don't cap them in the moment, there's a chance you will lose that sale to a competitor. So if someone's thinking about buying something with whatever channel that you've got open to them, um, we're not uh, an SEO business, um, although uh, one of the services that, that we offer is, is conversational SEO. So how do you 
make sure that you know, natural your, your natural listings through um, uh, Alexa and Google Assistant um, can bubble up. Um, but moreover, if you've got you know a, a specific um, skill offering, that, that gives you a better chance to engage at that particular moment. So. Um, the, the, you either want to capture that interest, and that's by entering those details of that individual at that point into your CRM so that you can start a dialogue. So it might be a, a complicated sales process. Um, or um, to just say, okay, you're looking for you're looking for something. We haven't built a complicated commerce, you know, conversational commerce feature yet. So here's a link to the product page and the immediately deep deep link them because you know the, the benefits of um com, of, of conversation of voice or any kind of conversation is that you don't have to learn how to use a website so you take out the the gui element so over the last yeah, as well as i've been involved in the website over the last um 19 years there has been a huge huge growth in the, the understanding and um and kind of practice of uh you know customer experience moreover in the digital world and um, kind of user experience design and so websites that you go to you should um if they've been very well designed you should be able to navigate them well however say that's pulling kind of a million eyeballs a day they may be trying to complete 50,000 different tasks and so there's still a if you go to a website that you've never used before the first thing that your mind has to do is learn how to use that website over time because our billion dollar club the um the four big players the um uh, facebook google uh, amazon and apple um because they are pushing their assistance front and center over time you will expect to be able to use conversation whether that's voice or just writing uh, a request into that that, uh, that website to specifically ask your question and then immediately be taken to where you expect to go to the answer that question so um that's 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 where you can capture that that user um and then get them to where they're trying to get to faster mm -hmm. okay so are we saying then that essentially almost any brand from any industry that has predominant does it have to be a digital product a physical product what are we talking it, is, it doesn't matter any, anyone who's got something that they're trying to achieve through a digital channel so where our focus is is e-commerce because um because the, the, the people want to buy things in the moment and you know, there's there's a, a lot of proof that if you can deliver immediacy on the channels that people are using, people are tending to use messaging channels more and more. So fish, fish where the fish are, make sure you work well as well there as you do within your own your own properties. So your own kind of website and led by that, then you can increase that conversion rate. So that's an easy place for us to to begin. But we are talking to a number of B two B customers which tend to be a more involved sale, but the um, the thinking methodology is still the same you you've managed to get somebody to want to think about you and want to engage with you at a moment in time you need to be able to respond to them at that moment in time um, and if you can capture some extra details about them to put in your crm so that um, they are then forever in your grips your gdpr compliant then um then uh then that's good for you and then, so you mentioned previously about having 
the kind of conversational element, not overselling it, but having a, some kind of conversational element there. And then if you can't fulfill the actual request in terms of the transaction, then deep link into a place where they can fulfill the transaction. Presumably you would need to do a lot of work in order to establish or understand what it is that they're trying to buy at that time. So what would be some of the things that might prevent people from turning a general conversation and understanding what people are asking for into a transaction that happens during the conversation? Does that make sense? No. Can you explain that? All right. <laughs> so, so we're talking about, how, about the, um, let's say, for example, if it's Facebook Messenger and we were talking about that if you create some kind of conversational experience, you're not always going to be able to do the actual transaction in the, the messaging bot potentially. So, but then you mentioned that if you can't do that, don't oversell it and instead like deep link to the product itself. So let's say for example, you are on Facebook messenger, it could even be Alexa or, or something like whatever conversational platform you're on. You ask or inquire about a product it understands what the product is that you're trying to buy and then it will send you a link to that product. Is that kind of what would happen? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you've, you've got to think of everything like, a. it's all going to be a sales funnel. And, you know, the, the way you navigate through websites is a, is a useful way to think about this. So if you're on a department store website and you say, I'm looking actually for a pair of shoes, I'm looking for red shoes, I'm looking for red shoes size six, um, then that conversation, if we drop down, at red shoes, right? And you started to talk about uh, a color of red that even I haven't heard of. Um, then it would say, like, we've got this far. I'm afraid I can't take you any further. I can either have someone phone you back in um, in a certain agreed time frame. We can, um, or you can get link here because the fallback that you know people the the brands will have these um, digital properties and. You know, the current way they're, they're servicing their customers, and you can fall back at that point in the sales funnel. But uh, at that point, what you've done is you've already profiled that individual and added to the CRM that they were interested in red shoes at that point. So the next day, you can maybe email them or drop them a um, thing. Uh, you can really turn up the customer experience at that point and say, look, we, you, you have um, been using one of the newest forms of communication that we've been uh, working on lately. We, we saw that you dropped out at this point here as a special offer. If you, if you complete this, and, you know that's um, there was uh, there's a school of thought that says that if you can um, respond well to a drop off, that's almost better than being able to deliver something seamlessly because you show that you're human and you actually care. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I think I misunderstood what you said originally there. Then I thought you were meaning that if there's something you can't fulfill, then try and, if you've already identified what it is, try and send them to another place for them to finish a transaction. I didn't realise you were talking about kind of error recovery, which is in a situation where you can't help them, then you fall back on an existing channel. That, that explains things, yeah. Yeah, and, and that, you know, that, with that, You'd, you'd have to do some cross-channel work on a voice experience, but um, usually the, you know, there's the, most of these interactions will be happening in a conversational environment. So we can't wait to start to use uh, WeChat, with, sorry, uh, um, WhatsApp. We're, we're in discussions with um, a, a couple of companies about using um, WeChat because that works really well both ways because WeChat wants to break more into the West and um, we want to be doing more in China. Mm, okay, that sounds interesting. What about what about 
customer awareness in all of this kind of thing. So I think people are, are kind of starting to get to a point where they are beginning to try and transact on, let's say, Alexa, for example. Although I've had a little bit of bother and I think I can only find, I can only buy stuff I've already bought as opposed to finding new yeah. stuff is quite difficult. Um, and then I come across a, a thing on VoiceBot, which was an interesting stat that said that 22% of smart speaker owners have bought something through a smart speaker. So awareness tends to be getting there, so to speak. But are that people sounds very high. Does that, does that feel right to you? It, I don't. I don't know. To be honest, I mean, I, I've my experience has been I've, that I've tried <laughs> many, many times. It's like Siri. I'm persistent with Siri, and I will use Siri constantly because it's the only assistant I've got on my phone. So I will use it and see if it works all the time. Um, so I've got the same kind of thing with with Alexa. I'll just try it all the time to see if it's improving. But uh, I don't know. Let's just have a look. It says that the survey found that at least twenty two percent of U.S. smart speaker owners have purchased something using the the devices. So it's not global. It's U.S. apparently. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Whether what the sample size was and and all that sort of stuff, I, I don't know. But um. Would you expect? Would you not think that that as many people as are aware that you can transact in those channels at the moment? No, exactly, exactly. You know, there's the um, the the microwave, so the microwave um, uh, it's, uh, comparison. You know, when the microwave was launched, um, people thought it would take over and revolutionise your kitchen. Then kitchens of the future would only have a microwave; they wouldn't have a harbour or an oven, and then. Um, people found the specific use case of the microwave was for um, beans and soup, and, and people soon going to find out baby food. <laughs> now, and, um, uh, and this, you know, this, is that going to be the same with smart speakers? Um, are they just very good for turning your lights and music on, and putting cat and putting timers on in the kitchen, or where, you know, where, where, do, where do the killer apps lie? Are they going to become uh, more of a main interface? You know, they're, they're, you know this is all. Well documented in the hype cycle, you know the very, you know, I think coming to the, the, the peak of the voice hype cycle, and this will be the one and only interface. And you know, you, we, we weren't talked to any other interface, but you know, it will form part of the mix and part of the buying journey. But I, I, I as you know, I kind of said at the top, um, I think that the real innovation here is natural language processing, and maybe you can use uh, conversation to get to where you want to faster through any website and that being the the interface of choice there's 8.3 trillion sms's sent a year everyone who owns some kind of phone even those who do not even own a smartphone know what a um conversational interface um, no, um, you know, how to have a, a a conversation just using um, uh, using words, and that's uh, you know the, the best interface is no interface, and if we can get to that point, then that's that's the real innovation. I think. Mm. So, for what what would then be be some of the reasons why brands and maybe not even brands it could be hobbyists it could be anybody who can develop or build stuff on on these various conversational platforms if we're saying that it's very early days and that 22 percent of of american um smart smart speaker owners have, have bought something if we if we don't think that's maybe is realistic or whether it might be quite low what would some of the reasons be then for brands to to be really seriously considering this as a channel if it's not 
quite if the users don't really know about it or if those numbers are, are lower than than we suspect yeah well you know it's, it, it is there is undeniably an emerging channel so um you can do damage to your brand if you do not participate at all i think you know there's still um uh, an amazing stat you know more than half of purchase of uh, retail purchases are still purchased on the high streets right but and so you know that still has a quite hit tipping point so um but it would harm a retail brand not to have an online presence and that's been rising over time and when the people got there earlier were able to take more of that market share than those who got there later so i think that you need to be in it to um to maintain the positioning of your brand so that's that's a a real consideration and then i you know i was it's i i would advocate again that it isn't just the the, the voice channel you need to look at it's the work that you need to do to create a really really compelling voice channel sure you can replicate to um to allow yourself to communicate across all other channels and um once you've done that then you can add other channels as they come along because they they will continue to arrive mm-hmm. what then it's obviously difficult to say without a, a crystal ball or, or a magic wand or anything like that. But you kind of mentioned around the, the microwave was overhyped potentially. And now it's just this thing that we've got in our kitchen and, and we just deal with it. What's your, if you were kind of going to kind of, kind of like follow this hype cycle of smart speakers and conversational commerce, where do you think that will take us? Do you think it will be this the, the new mobile and something that everyone's going to be transacting on? Do you think it's going to be not quite as much as that? Where where do you kind of see it going over the next kind of three year, five year? Well, do you do you, do you sort of give a talk um, at the Voice Summit recently? So I I, I get most of my um, uh, my view of the future from science fiction, and um, and that all started in, in, in nineteen eighty eight with with Kit. Right. So mm. look at the way that Michael Knight spoke to the Knight Industries 2000, which was his <laughs> uh, his, his voice-enabled smart car. Um, he had a, a consistent experience, whether he was on his – he had an amazing – he even had a smartwatch. So he could speak to Kit using a smartwatch. He could use, speak to Kit in the car, and I'm sure that if he was in the, uh, the, the Knight Industries jet, he'd still be able to speak to Kit. So he saw – Kit as his ethereal helper, who was um, independent of channel, but maintained an understanding of uh, the conversations that he'd had before, and uh, the, to choose your um, ethereal assistant of, of choice. But this is this is where I think um, this is going: is that you will you will have all of these channels available to you. You know, you, I don't think it's going to be easy to get rid of email, but you know, you've got, you've got your, your, your email channel, you have web and mobile good delivering you um, screens. You will have the rise of other screens um, in, you know, the microwave will have a screen and your uh, fridge will have a screen and they'll all have some kind of assistant embedded within them. And you'll expect to start to talk to them all interchangeably to do different things but they'll all play a part in a purchasing cycle, which is why you come right back to this whole idea of emerging commerce. You know, the way that humans transact has always evolved and will continue to change. And it's important to keep an eye on how that's happening. And that's why you should, you know, continue to think about the the rise of these 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 instant channels or uh, and how then you can drive immediacy so that no matter where people start to talk to your brand, that's uh, another opportunity to divide them. 
And then what if well, maybe I'll try and play and see if I can get some Night Rider music to put behind that a little bit there. That might be quite cool. Please, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> um what kind of resources are required to you I mean what you what you kind of explained there sounds very much as though you know, it's all of this assistance stuff isn't going to be dramatically overhyped. It'll just end up being something that is with us, like our phone, that we call upon when needed. It knows what we've done. It knows what we're probably likely to want to do. And it's kind of almost like an ever-present thing. So that sounds like it would be fairly easy to get used to that. That would be simple, I think, a simple concept for that to become the norm for, for users, for end users, to be able to talk to the watch, talk to the phone, talk to the smart speaker and have it all connected kind of together. It makes perfect sense. From the from the brand's perspective, from the company's perspective, who are looking at implementing this, obviously you're going to have a lot of development and discovery and, and work to be done up front to, to get all of this stuff up and running. What about after that? What what kind of resources and, and kind of either kind of skill sets or practices do you need to be able to maintain something like this? Is it you hand it over and it looks after itself or do you actually need a team of people to be managing and maintaining something like this? Yeah, so we're, we're, um, we're building a platform to support this uh, kind of service delivery. So um, we would advocate that model is that you speak to experts who can uh, amalgamate their, their wisdom. But the, the, the kind of resources you need are people who are going to be very, very good at machine learning and taking in the, the exceptions to build, make sure that your system keeps getting better and moves from your, your infant to, to your Don Draper. You then need to talk to your, um, uh, your the, the brand evangelist within your business because what you are producing here is going to end up being the voice of your business or the you know the, the, the conversation that people have with your business and that needs to be core to the, the values of the business and needs to be able to position you in the right way and needs to be able to error handle to reflect the, the way that you want to deliver the experience of your business because we're, we're in a world where all brands are leveled because they might all be going through a voice like um like Alexa or, or like a Google Assistant voice, um, and you know that's that's a real danger. That's that's where it'll end up, and the the, the access points, um, the, the, the the voice access point, um, uh, starts to sound like one of, one of these um, big four players. You have the opportunity to differentiate yourself um, using experience, um, and so the, you can, um, you know, I, I, I said earlier that you know. Uh, 57% of customers have stopped buying for a company because of competitor provided a better experience. And as that becomes more and more important to customers, that's uh, a more a better and better way for brands to differentiate themselves mm. from each other. So you mentioned the big four players there. So we're talking Microsoft, Apple, Google, and Amazon, each of which has kind of like the top four sort of assistants. Which of those present can you actually transact on which which can you kind of buy something on at the moment do you do you know or not uh so obviously um amazon google are um increasingly putting that the, you're, you're able to integrate things with it within the uh the assistant on your phone um, using Google Pay, so you can definitely buy software using uh, using Assistant. Um, Apple, I don't know whether you can buy you can you can purchase through um, through Siri. Seems very locked down from what I've 
from what I've heard, Siri. But they're, they're really good at in Apple kind of in environment purchases, uh, and you can't you can't specifically purchase through the uh, Microsoft platform yet. Okay. So for, and I know we're not talking. You're kind of recommended not to focus specifically on um, voice as such, but certainly these four are offering the kind of like biggest assistance and i think probably facebook can be thrown in there as well with with facebook messenger potentially are there any either risks or um <laughs> what <laughs> are you trying to put me, you trying to put me off there I'm I'm sorry, <laughs> are there are there any um risks or um kind of like <laughs> I'm, I'm losing it i'm losing it so these big four players, right? Microsoft, Amazon, Google, Siri, and then if you want to put Facebook in there as well, you kind of, if you want to be transacting on in that environment, you kind of need to play by their rules and essentially trade on their turf, don't you? Is there any drawbacks to that? Um. So they, they they give you a huge amount of, kind of distribution. So when when we were building mobile apps, so um, Sander is uh, our VP of product. His VP of product over at Dazzle and his VP of product at, at Say It Now. Um, his background is in Nectar, so he was the global VP of product for Amia, who was the company behind Nectar, and then um, he's worked through Microsoft and Party Games. It's all he's all about enterprise grade kind of transactional software. And you know he's, he's got a big kind of, um, mobile background. The, the the best practice there is if you're going to get any advantage through these um, large platforms, then, then you know they do normally take about thirty percent. But you know if you're going to find a distributor to sell you on the high street, they take thirty or forty percent as well. So there's an argument that, that in order to get that reach, it's worth um, paying that away. Um, but what we're what we're looking at doing is to see whether there's a way that we can use um, these platforms to increase this kind of trusted, personalised conversation, and then take that into an existing kind of owned media world um, where you can then complete that transaction. So optimising a kind of website for um, conversational commerce, and then and then using their their own environment there. Mm. Okay, that sounds good. And then, in terms of the team that you would need to create this stuff obviously people would be more than welcome to give say it now a shout but in terms of the skill sets that you would need to to kind of create this sort of stuff what sort of skills are you are you needing to is it the same sort of skills that you would need to create um you know either an alexa skill or a chapa or or do you need different skills for adding in the kind of conversation the, the commerce kind of side of things uh, no, no, I mean, I mean, you want you want kind of um, enterprise architects who can uh, create a solid platform for you to integrate all of these different channels to build the uh, the, the, the central assistant. What we found over the last couple of years to work really well is hiring poets and screenwriters, so you can then um, get a, a bouncy conversation. You, know, you brief them in like you would do if they were doing some ghostwriting and say, right, this is. This is the, the personality of our brand that we're trying to get across. And so when you're then kind of building up the, the training sets and the training data, um, you, you you brief them, make sure that the way that the answers are coming out are all in the right kind of tonality so that that best represents your brand. Yeah. Fantastic. Wicked. Conscious that we're, that we're running out of time. Have you any final thoughts, Charlie? Is there anything that, that we haven't covered that, 
that you think would be useful for for listeners to to kind of take note of? Um, no, I mean the, 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 the points that I was uh, trying to get across are uh, that a um, the way that people buy things is going to continually change. So don't think that you can get away with a, uh, a model now that's going to work forever. You need to continually reevaluate the, um, the use of different channels. And that leads on to the point that there are different channels uh, involved and um, the way that you're going to differentiate yourself as a brand is by delivering an excellent or kind of noteworthy customer experience at every channel and I fundamentally believe that basically that is through immediacy right now that's going to differentiate you. If if I try to talk to your brand using any channel and you know let's just let's just use kind of uh, you know Facebook Messenger assistant, Alexa, web, SMS or um, Twitter, if I try and speak to your brand today using those channels, am I going to get an immediate response? And would you do you think that it would um, set you apart from the rest if you could deliver that? Fantastic, wicked. Thank you, Charlie. Where can people reach out to you, and where where could brands contact if they if they were looking for a little bit of help in this area? Sure, thank you. Um, say it's now AI, and I am at Charles Capri on Twitter. Fantastic, wicked, Charles. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. This has been fun. That was Charlie Cadbury. Thank you, Charlie, for that conversation. That was an immense conversation. Um, Loved what Charlie was saying around the importance of brands to be able to provide an immediate response to customer queries and questions in a conversational manner. Um, This is really the time for brands to start thinking about getting involved and getting a presence on these conversational platforms. Whether the digital assistant concept is going to be the next mobile as it's professed to be, or whether it's going to be something that's going to arrive slowly but surely and just be bubbling under the surface constantly on your watch and on your mobile and on your smart speakers or whatever. How it's going to end up, who knows? But one thing is absolutely certain, more and more people are going to be transacting and doing more and more on their digital assistants. Whether those voice bot stats are 100% accurate, whether they're they're a little bit high, who knows? Um, But certainly the trend is that people are getting more comfortable speaking to these assistants. And if now is not the time, then when is... I love Charlie's uh, analogy of starting off building a baby, which is pertinent because we're expecting a baby any moment now. In fact, we might even be here by the time this podcast goes out. Building a baby and then nurturing it and growing it and you know developing it into something that's more complex able to handle more conversations able to handle more transactions and able to meet your business goals uh, a lot better so thank you charlie for joining us thank you all for listening and until next time see you later